looking back at the best of Saturday racing from around the country and examining the major talking points of the day, this is Past the Post. Brought to you by Archer Park Racing. Taking racing ownership to the next level. Good morning, everyone. This is Past the Post for Sunday, the 8th of January, and Archer Park Racing certainly took ownership to the next level yesterday. They were in the winner's circle with Spiritualized, who bounced back to his best with a, a great front-running performance in the Rising Star. So congratulations to the team. They've had a really, really good six months, and they've started off 2023 with a bag. And, of course, sales coming up this week, Magic Million Sales at the Gold Coast. They'll be there. Keep in touch with them on the website, archerparkracing.com.au. Michael Maxworthy joins me in the studio this morning. How are you, mate? I'm good, thank you, David. Yes, we've survived day one, tab wave day yesterday. It was a beauty there at the Gold Coast. Uh, today, the Magic Millions polo and show jumping is on, and there's basically something on every day in the lead-up to the big day next Saturday. certainly is, but we're going to um, dive deep into the, the meeting yesterday, talk to a few of the, the major players who were successful, we'll listen to quite a lot of replays. just want to touch on a couple of broad points, and the first one is something you actually said maybe accidentally. You said we've uh, got through day one of the carnival. And when you consider that this meeting was turned on its head four years ago, it just used to be a normal bread-and-butter metropolitan meeting, but four years ago they elected to put the wave on, the Nugget, the Pearl and the Two Rising Stars, five feature races. So the last four years, I have no doubt this meeting, which is the mm. forerunner to, to the big day next week, has evolved. And I thought yesterday was the best attendance I've seen uh, and like a mini Magic Minions atmosphere. Yeah, I think there were in excess of 5,000 people there yesterday and they're expecting in excess of 20 next Saturday. So he's hoping uh, the weather is fine and we can get that far because there's a, a lot coming up um, on the Gold Coast over the next week or so. Of course, you mentioned the sales. They start on, on Tuesday following the barrier draw mm. at the... At Surface Paradise, I think that kicks off at about 6 a.m. in the morning. But most importantly, we should have the final field for the Magic Beans Classic tomorrow, and then we can start talking business. Yeah, exactly right. And the other point of yesterday, or, or this meeting now, the Wave Race meeting, in isolation, it delivers a lot of uh, conversation, uh, you know, performances, good and bad. But also, it's now leading into Magic Millions Day, and we'll see that through the show this morning where... Several things that happened yesterday will now have a bearing on next week. Yes, yeah. Um, horses backing up within seven days. So a number of horses from yesterday's meeting will be backing up, provided they, they do okay. The track was quite firm there yesterday. So, um, yeah, that's a, that's another highlight. Uh, we saw the two winners of the Rising Star going to Tony Gollan. Congratulations to him because both of those horses that won, um, yesterday sort of failed last start, didn't they? And, um, there were excuses for spiritualized and, and, and Latakia. But Tony Gollan sort of kept the faith right the way through. He said that was wrong, that wasn't them, and he was proven right yesterday. I think the track caught a lot by surprise, and maybe even the Gold Coast themselves. They had that rain midweek with those storms on Wednesday and a bit more rain on Thursday, but it recovered impressively, so much so that it was quick times. Yeah. The track... They reviewed it after race four and made it a good three. It was a good three from the start. Uh, probably fair to say, I think it's a legitimate statement to say it was leaderish, which often happens yeah. when you have a, a good three track, a summer's track. But the one thing that did, I, I think, surprise people like you and I, we don't go there that often, 
every time we go to these metropolitan meetings, they normally shift at the turn, go to the centre. Yes. But yesterday, the place to be mm. was near the rail. Well, it was very uniform. It appeared um, inside, middle, outside. It didn't matter. But you did have to be handy yesterday, as you say. You know, this time of the year, especially on the Gold Coast, temperatures in excess of 30 degrees windy, you know, the tracks dry up, leaders are very hard to run down. And another point from yesterday, and a good point too from a punting perspective, is that there weren't too many horses held up in the home straight, mm. David. There was a bit of room. I think the only one that was badly held up was I Am Lethal, so he gets a, a forgive for yesterday. But all in all, it was a good day. Fast times were the order of the day, and um, I thought we saw um, some potential... Classy horses going ahead over the next 12 months, in particular, John O'Shea's filly, um, Junquiro. Is that how you pronounce Junquiro. the name? Yeah. Gee, she looked good yesterday. She did. She looked uh, a rising star, even though she wasn't in a rising star. She was in the three-year-old. But uh, with her, coming into that race, we'd seen four races, all leaders successful. And I think either those who are already on Junquira or those who are contemplating backing her. They were very happy with themselves. Yeah, but, 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 but before they say, oh, she's a, she's a back marker, what will happen here? I couldn't believe calling the race. They jumped out. She was the first one out yeah. of the barrier. And he didn't move on her either. No. He just sat there and she just travelled strongly. Tony Gollan's three-year-old that ran second, I think he's a very nice horse, bustling. Mm. Um, and uh, I think... Looking at that race visually, you see those two horses. They cleared out from the rest of them. Margins were like three by three. So I think that tells us that quite a pair from that race yesterday um, are going to go on to much, much better things. Well, that's the overview. Let's now uh, dig into the meeting and we'll go to the feature race, the Tab Wave. It was over the 1,800 metres. The Victorian visitor, the Cunning Fox, was the best back runner and he was the favourite. The Tab Wave field search up to the turn. Just over 400 left to run. More pressure on now, where Bulu was tackled by Akihiro. Deficit going well, needs a runner. Military Gambler still fighting on despite a wide trip. Ashgrove being called upon. And the head of state is coming down the outside with a strong runner. Deficit shifted its ground, got out. Went with Ashgrove and head of state outside the pair. Military Gambler still there. Deficit and Ashgrove. 100 left to run. Deficit's got a kick. Ashgrove's got to dig deep. Deficit and Ashgrove. Deficit. Deficit won the Tab Wave. Beat Ashgrove and Tyresa jumped out of the ground, ran third. Head of state in fourth. Military Gambler ran a plucky race and then came circling. Kipling's Journey followed by Baloo Akihiro. Well back Mr. Dunway and then, mili- and then came Mashani Spartan. Gracie Blue and the favourite. It's finished towards the tail of the Cunning Fox in 148 and 78. He's a schnitzel four-year-old deficit uh, trained in partnership by Gerald Ryan and Sterling Alexia. A great day for that training partnership yesterday. And Gerald is our first guest on Past the Post. Good morning, mate, and congratulations. Morning, David. Thank you. Yeah. Mm. i tell yeah, you I tell you one thing. When you when you and Sterling come to uh, Brisbane or, or send horses up, just over the last six months, your strike rate is savage. Uh, I haven't really noticed that, but it's a long way to come to get beat, put it that way. Yeah. You know, yeah. This, yeah, th- but... this fellow, Gerald, certainly loves Queensland, doesn't he? Deficit. He does, you know. He come up here to dodge the wet tracks in the winter, and he—I he, um, uh, know they only past three races he won, but he, he he done a good job. And it was after he won his second one that he decided to um, seat him for that race yesterday. It's and, nice. To, uh, sorry, go on. Yeah, and it was you know, well, the plan come come to fruition in the end. Yeah, it's nice to make a long range plan and, and see it come off. 
We saw him in those wins uh, during the, the latter part of the winter at Eagle Farm, as you mentioned. He's had the four runs this time in. How did you think he was going leading up to yesterday's race? Prior to his last race, I thought he was going terrific. You now he ran at Kembla when he, yeah, it was too short for him and probably needed to run. And then his next run at uh, Rose Hill was really good. Um, and then I think I might have backed him up. Because he had one run or half a run behind with him, so I backed him up and didn't go as, as quite well. And I was a little um, disappointed of his previous run in um, uh, Ramwick, but it was on the backup, and so I sort of forgave him that and just freshened him up for a week and then got into him again. And he's bounced back really good. Yeah, but. It's unusual, isn't it? Um, he's an 1,800-metre specialist, this horse. He seems to love that trip, uh, Gerald. But w- will you try him over something a little further eventually? If he comes out of yesterday's race OK, um, uh, which so far overnight he has, well, we might back him up in the 2,200-metre um, race mm. on Saturday. He's going to drop down to about quality handicap and you'll probably get 52 or whatever true weight is up here for him and... Uh, he'll get no weight on his back so if you're going to try him at further you know, why wouldn't you try to a million dollar race and a benchmark 80 race worth 60,000 sort of thing so um, if he does alright and we're happy with him yes he will we'll back up all right, um, back up next Saturday The horse got the job done he and Ashgrove paired off and he was stronger to the line than Ashgrove but we've got to compliment Brett and Abdullah this was a, a good ride puts him into the box seat coming up and around the turn no run. He shifts one out, two out, three out, and then there was that gap there, and he was just able to slice through. Yeah, well, that, that's surprising. I've never seen a horse do that in a race, sort of get held up and change and quicken off it as well. Um, so that was one, one thing we learned about him yesterday. He could do it, and that's sure. It was a great ride. He had the box seat, and um, Brenton had a lot of confidence in the horse going into it. And even though maybe booked for it about a month ago, but he'd only ridden, I think, once on the track. And um, uh, that's the way we thought the horse was going. And I think he rode him in a gallop prior to him having his first up run. And um, he said, you know, this is going to be his aim, and that's where we're heading with him. So uh, Brenton did have a bit of confidence going into the race with the horse, you know. Mm. Plus, he's uh, got an extra bonus there, uh, Gerald. Two yesterday of two hundred thousand. So I think all up, including that, his prize money sort of headed towards six hundred thousand. Um, did you ever think that he'd sort of reach these heights when you you kicked him off after a few runs? No, not really. Um, like he's only cheap. He was only sixty-five thousand dollar purchase at Magic Means, and he had a few issues on X-ray and. My vet said, you know, give him six months. Well, we gave him nine months. I, I kept him. We didn't even try to sell the horse down. Um, so we didn't touch him until the September. He was brought in January. Didn't touch him until September. And um, he's never never had day soreness in his life. That was that was the, the, the second leg of a feature double yesterday. You kicked off in great fashion with winning the maiden. Of course, they transferred the maiden to wave day with silence up. I was cranky here, mate, because I, I, I saw his trial at Hawkesbury. He put the blinkers on there and he flew in the trial ring. Good time. I was worried by the gate and, and maybe the 1,200, but his performance was extraordinary. To, to run such a hot speed early and do it at both ends, uh, he got a really big tick. 
Yeah, well, his horses, we were hoping when he started off he was going to be up here for the Tiro race last year. Mm. But he's a bit of a cult and lost his way a little bit and he was difficult. And um, um, then when he come back, Jay Ford had ridden him quite often and Jay always said he's not ready for him, but he does eventually he'll need a headgear. So um, it's after his last run and we first up run at Warwick Farm. Um, you know, he's a little disappointed. He went there thinking he could win. He's a little disappointed. So then it was time to whack the flinkers on him, and um, uh, we couldn't afford to run him again. Um, we wish blinkers on when you're setting for that race yesterday. So he trolled him, and we made the trial at Hawkesbury be like a race to him. He ran mm. good time, and James finished rode him, and he rode him out, and he, he gave him a decent hit out. And then all we had to do was tick him over then for the next couple of weeks to get him here yesterday. And I don't know you might have seen him in the mountain yard or not, but he, down the back he's good as gold. Well, you get a saddle on him and go, go to the mountain yard and he can be a real handful and had to get the pony to lead him around and, and bring him to the done, I think, what wrong through the race and he, he still took him ages to pull him up. So if he can mend his attitude, um, he's a handy horse. He's no star, but he's a handy horse, yeah. And I noticed, Gerald, at his first prep, he'd only had the three starts, a couple of placings, Warwick Farm and on Mackenzie. They were on pretty wet tracks, weren't they? Yeah, that's right. Um, he, he used to get through the ground, but he wasn't a lover of it. Mm. I think the day he ran second at Kensington, that rated it really well. He was beaten by a good horse that day, and that race rate rated it really well. But um, And then we ran him in the 1300s on a wet track at um, Rose Hill. Uh, Jason Collett rode in, and he was switching off and on, off and on all the time. But that was when he decided to turn him out and geld him. And, um, it took him a little while. Until he had his first trial, his attitude as a gelding hadn't changed much. But since he's got fitter, he's got better. Yeah, and uh, it just it took a bit of out of him yesterday, you know, because he sort of ran two races the way he carried on beforehand. And that's... Uh, We'll give him a freshen up now and just try to take him through his grades, yeah. Well, a good day at the office yesterday, so there's the, the, the good possibility that the deficit will run at the sub-zero. Anything else next Saturday for the stable? It depends on um, Green Shadows if he gets a run in the three-year-old. He's on the borderline. Um, during three seconds, his last three starts, and I uh, just don't think things have been right for him. Um uh, so, and I think he appreciates getting back on top of the ground too. You know, he had his chance yesterday. He, he sort of ran to win the race yesterday and didn't. But his two previous runs, perhaps you could argue he should have won and got beat ahead by a horse with Chris Wallace that come up in one of those two stage races. And then he got held up at a bad stage. It ran with his last start, ran second to Andy Horse of Godolphin. So he's round about the mark if you can get a run and. I think he, he raced well up here um, in the winter. And uh, if you just get him get into the race and draw a barrier, well, he wouldn't be the roughest horse in the race, yeah. Oh, fair enough. Good on you, mate. Congratulations to you and Sterling, and uh, have a good week. OK, thanks, David. Thanks, Michael. There he is, Gerald Ryan, joining us this morning, our first guest on Past the Post. And here's the first case in point, a horse who wins yesterday 
who's a very good chance of running Packing next up. week. He's yeah, $8 yeah. in the sub-zero deficit. And uh, the horse he spoke about for the Guineas ran yesterday, as he said, um, was beaten in a photo. And why not try and get into that Guineas? Because it's a bit like the the classic, a very open market, Russian Conquest. She's only had the one run back. She's $5. Yellow Brick's been the big firmer since the King of the Mountain last Saturday night, $6. Hell I Am, 7 Tijuana, 8 Soothsayer, 9 I think Spiritualized and Latakia, Tony Gollum's three-year-olds, have gone in. Spiritualized, 11 and Latakia at $15 for the guineas. Deficit and Ash Grove had similar runs. In fact, they raced alongside of each other in the yeah. race. And in the end, Deficit was just a little bit better. Yes, um, they, they settled fourth, fifth. Mm. Um, but, yeah, as Gerald said, uh, Brennan went sort of inside of Baloo, who was weakening at the time. So he had to basically restrain mm. deficit back around the heels, do a left-hand turn, and he, he might have just brushed um, Ashgrove, but uh, clearly he was stronger than him on the line. But he's going really well, Ashgrove, too, jumping from the 15 to the 18 yesterday. Yeah, and I think he... Well, we'll speak with Tony Gollum later. He might even be a rough chance of going to the sub-zero as well. Possibly. I mean, the money's there, and if they pull up okay... Tyrese's Reese's run was outstanding. Couldn't... couldn't, Like, coming to the turn, I think I said was going nowhere, which she wasn't, yet if they go another 10 metres, she wins. Well, I I spoke to Kelly walking out yesterday, and he was just delighted with her performance. And also, I noticed doing the review, he's Philly in the... um, the um, Miss the Pearl, she went particularly well. But he was talking about Tyressa. Now, he's considering he was going to have a round table with the connections of Tyressa to run in the uh, the, the, the subway, uh, Sub-Zero. Sub-Zero. Um, yeah, again, she's got this issue that the barrier blanket on her. She was reluctant to go in. She was fidgety. She hesitated. But, as you say, she saw the trip out. She was going home stronger than anything on the line there yesterday, Tyressa. So she might be there as well on Saturday. Well, that's the wave run and one for 2023. Let's turn our attention now to the two- and three-year-olds because, of course, they do take centre stage next Saturday with the, the Magic Millions and the Magic Millions Guineas. The last stop shop was yesterday with the Nugget and the Pearl. Let's have a listen to the Nugget. And the Waterhouse bot trained Royal Entrance was the favourite. Travelling up to the turn, 500 left to Rana. J-Mac has Royal Entrance, the favourite, travelling well. From sunny days, Lamiro needing a Rana. Works going through on the run and saving ground. Mashani Maverick next, then Desert Safari. Quasimodo with a lot of work to do. Then came He's for the Girls, Royal Entrance in front. Sunny days trying to lay down the law on the outside, but Royal Entrance is answering the challenge. He beat off Sunny days, then came Works and Lamiro. Royal Entrance in front, short of 100 to go. Sunny days boxes away well, but there's no match for Royal Entrance. It goes to the Millions led all the way. Beat home sunny days, works and Libero. Then came Quasimodo. The market got it right. Then Mashani Maverick, Desert Safari, and Tailin Charlie was he's for the girls in one three fifty seven. Royal Entrance was one hundred to one in Magic Million Magic Millions markets earlier in the week, and uh, of course is now down to eleven dollars uh, after winning yesterday. Yeah, it seems as though there's a uh, sense of timing with him. He, he's uh, his win at Warwick Farm at the mid midweeks was good. 
um, since coming up here, he's obviously been thriving because there was always good support for him yesterday when first markets went up uh, for the race yesterday. And he looked magnificent in the mounting yard. McDonald took the ride and he duly saluted doing everything right. He, he looks like a real pro, this guy, David. He bounced to the lead, got a fairly cheap. But I love the way when J-Mac put a couple behind, you know, uh, the saddle there, 250 metres to go, he really lengthened nicely and hopefully he's pulled up okay and... Uh, draws a gate because a few of us had a nibble at that big price earlier this week. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> this is going to be harder, a lot harder, but yeah, he's least, an $11 chance. At least you're in there with a ticket. Yeah. It's good to have a ticket. Looking at the ticket. Uh, Tim Clark rides now. Yes, it looks like Tim Clark will go on. Um, a great effort by Adrian and Gay to get four horses qualified. The novelist, unfortunately, mm. won't be running, succumbing to an injury. Hopefully it's only minor, but... For them to have um, him, two starts, two wins, Royal Entrance now slingshotting into the race, Platinum Jubilee, probably Regan Bayliss, um, and Summer Lovin had a trial at the Gold Coast last week on the course proper with blinkers on, and she was nice and sharp. She looked pretty good. Yeah, so uh, Royal Entrance, as we said, now $11. Platinum Jubilee is the the strongest seat as far as the market is concerned for Waterhouse and Bot, $7 third favourite. And uh, Summer Loving at $15. So Waterhouse and Bot with three. And, of course, Team Snowden with three. Empire of Japan, who did shorten from five to 4.50 during the week. They play a strong hand, not only numbers-wise, but also, well, if the market's right, chances-wise. Sovereign Fund, of course, $6. Mm. And uh, Godfather is their least fancied on the market at $15. So two stables providing yeah. six of the 16 runners. Yeah, I think of... Um of Team Snowden's horses. Sovereign Fund is the one that I'm sort of leaning towards. I think he's got he's got tactical speed. We've seen that. He's been able to handle a high-pressure situation like the Magic Millions at Wyong. And I thought his effort last start, albeit only in that four-horse race, um, was pretty cruisy for him. You know, he would have come out of that bucking and squealing. And, and he's got enough speed to put himself into the picture, you know, the right spot. I think he's got a really good Magic Millions profile, that guy. Would you say, uh, I'd be surprised if you disagree, that when the, the barrier draw is going to be very important because I don't think there's a standout here? No, well, there's not. You mentioned the market then, that there's not a standout and there will be some major changes to the market on Tuesday, um, with Tab um, changing a lot, I guess, depending on where they draw. Uh, a horse like him, for example, Sovereign Fund, if he draws a nice barrier and the other fellow, Empire of Japan, draws out, well, then we might see a new favourite for the race. I think tactics are going to be interesting with Platinum Jubilee. Mm. Both, um, I think the two single best performances so far were from the Jim Crack and the Breeders back in early October. But that track was a heavy, it was a heavy eight. And both winners um, came from well back in the field, including Platinum Jubilee. She was near the rear. Super the last 200. And then this time they've been trying her up on the speed, giving her a good squeeze, and then she crossed and led at Ramwick the other day when run down in the last stride. So I'm just wondering what tactics they're going to adopt with her, and they probably won't decide that until after the draw on Tuesday. Exactly. Just out of the, the nugget yesterday, Quasimodo, it was actually the morning line favourite. I think it ended up starting at $6, so it was a significant drifter. We know it's a back marker and probably wasn't suited by the conditions yesterday, but still didn't raise a sweat. And 
vetted, nothing found there, and Kerry McAvoy couldn't offer an excuse either. So mm. Quasimodo uh, was grossly disappointing. I believe um, Australian Bloodstock, um, they're going to have a round table to consider if he pulled up okay, whether to go ahead with him. Um, next Saturday, Excel Dior was a little bit disappointing, couldn't possibly win on that. It'll be interesting to see whether she pays up. Um, we'll, we'll go to that now, the the, uh, the Pearl yeah. Speaking about Exceldor, uh, they took her on, they gambled with her, yet in running she got to a very good position. Let's have a listen to the replay first up. Heading up to the turn, 500 left to run, a bit less than that now. Bashani Royale almost joined by Exceldor, being shaken up though. Madorb two way third, Tracy Spirit turned in fourth, and then came She's a Rogue, and the rest were struggling. Mashani Royale with a bit of a kick at odds. Mashani Royale leads from Exceldor, now flat to the boards to give chase. Then Madorb, nothing really coming from the back, and Mashani Royale, if anything, found another gear and booted away. Look at Mashani Royale for the Ross Stable. Wins well, trifling second, third, Exceldor might have just last from Miss Jolene, then Bedorb, Tracy Spirit, Angelique. She's a rogue and mixed spice last home in a quicker time than the Colts, one two ninety five. Yes, these times had to be adjusted, but just establishing that one three oh two was the gallop in the Phillies and one three sixty five in the, the Colts and Gilling. So more than a half second difference there. And Mashani Royale, Ben Thompson firing her out of the gate, and she was never headed and she won by a good margin. Let's talk more about her. Les Ross, her trainer, joins us now. Les, good morning. Morning, David. Did you give her a winning chance yesterday? We give her. I thought she was my best chance out of the two-year-olds, and um, but it was a big ass stepping up, and we thought that it would be the fastest run of the two heats. And when the first one sort of faded to the line a little bit, I was a little bit worried. But he was up running about fourth, and we knew that she had a lot more speed than than he did. So uh, yeah, quietly. Quietly confident, but not uh, not to the extent that uh, could go out more. And that was on. the plan, Les, um, to fire her out and try and get them off the bit. She she did a good job, and as David mentioned, her time was what David about a half a second mm. quicker than the boys. Yep. Yeah, yeah Michael. Um, yeah, like I, I feel I should mention um, Aidan Thompson here. He um, he's done a lot of um, jump outs for me through the year. What we do is uh, bring the horses in early in the year. Uh, do a lot of work with them, just putting them through the gates and that. And anyway, he found it. He, I said, if you find a good one, keep keep your mouth shut, and um, I'll get you on it. You know. <laughs> anyway, he, uh, he found one, and uh, he went and told Jimmy Orman. Jimmy Orman uh, then told Glenn, his manager, and that, that happened to be Mashani Gangster. And uh, I said, mate, you would have got on that horse if you didn't tell Jimmy, because Jimmy rang for the ride, of course, and um, <laughs> and then. Uh, Anyway, the next one come along, which was this one, and uh, he found her as well, and he said, this is another good one. Liz. No, both uh, by uh, KB Ashy, so, uh, they, yeah, they go, uh, they go all right. And this mere girl of the million, uh, I'm pretty certain that, that Ben Curry trained her. She was quite a capable mare. Yeah, unfortunately, um, I, did, I, I thought it was... I got it mixed up. He got so many horses, uh, Mike, and I thought it was Rainy Day Woman. And uh, she wasn't near as good as this one, but Ben had a big opinion of that uh, that mare. He, uh, I think, he gave her ten starts and won five with her, and yeah. I reckon it was one of Cooksey's better ones. He to- tells me that yesterday. Unfortunately, uh, not uh, six months ago when we were looking at putting them in the millions, <clears throat> and uh, she actually cut her leg a little bit, and uh, and she was very small. All the Kobayashis are very small, but uh, so we sort of left her out of the draft, but. Uh, Anyway, always next year we've got a full uh, sister to her on the ground.
uh, now so the year after maybe. So what happens with her now, Les uh, Royale? Um, we've got a few aiming for the jewel in a couple of couple of weeks' time, mm. um, and she'll be she'll be earmarked for that as well. And uh, but even just uh, as I said, just the the cutest money in town is worth eighty seven, I think, for a filly or something around that mark, and it's pretty good money when when you don't have to pay the the big uh, acceptance fees and that like these big races. Whereas uh, if you can pick up you know, nearly 90,000 on a Saturday, it's, uh, why, why go anywhere else? Why, why not just, you know, pick a few of them up? Your, uh, your happy hunting ground is early in the season. It's, it's well advertised. You like to run your horses early. You've got them ready to go early and you run them early. So we're, we're we started in October, October, November, December. We're into January. Uh, financially, are, are you like on budget or ahead of budget? Oh, Mike keeps a track on all that, but I, uh, yeah, we're, we're quite happy how we're going. I'd like to win a lot more in town, of course, but um, we're going, I think I won uh, nine or... It'd, that'd be either ten, nine or ten two-year-olds this, this season. and um, So we're going as good as last year, of course, But uh, and prize money slowly increasing. Mm. But, uh, yeah, it'd be nice to get a few more in town, but we're uh, we're holding our own. We're, we're going as good as the, the next bloke, I think, uh, as far as the two-year-olds going. And... Uh, yeah, it just it would have been nice to get them two two-year-olds that won. The two of them were by new seals and size, so you sort of don't know how the KBSs were going to go. But uh, it would have been nice to have them two in the millions, Gangster and uh, Mashani Royal. But uh, maybe next year. Well, Renegade is going to be there, and he's been great for the stable. Tell us about his record. Yeah, he's a, he's had uh, four starts, three three in a row. <coughs> Pardon me, three in a row, but most of them were against our own horses. So uh, it wasn't until he stepped out the other day that he ran into the second favourite, I think, for the millions, and he, he did run second. But uh, he's uh, doing everything right, and um, we thought he, we'd improve a little bit on his next run. That was first up the other day, uh, 1,200. We're going straight into the millions now, and hopefully he'll, he'll improve a little bit from, the, from that run. And I've uh, opted to put the shades on him, and hopefully he'll track up a little bit earlier. And, um, yeah, hopefully he's a live chance. I think you and Mike have established such a, a rapport with each other, but also with the racing industry. It would not be a Magic Millions now if there wasn't a Mashani horse in there. Yeah, well, that's um, and you know, to be fair, he um, he tips a lot in, like, and he uh, he he gets very uh, just satisfaction out of winning the race anyway. But he he does like the coast. He uh, sponsors uh, Barrier Reef Pools because all the barriers there and the. Um, yeah, he, he likes the coast, and uh, and it's just nice to win one for him on on the big. We love to win one on the big day, but uh, it's, last year we won uh, with Mashani Spartan, the Colts division, and this year we got the Phillies. So um, just it'd be nice to win that millions. But anyway, uh, we're in it with a chance, and yeah. hopefully, uh, hopefully, uh, yeah, we can do it. He's a tough horse, uh, Mashani Renegade. If he draws well, I'm sure he's going to keep them them the the city slickers uh, pretty. Pretty honest there, Les. Have you confirmed a jockey for him as yet? Well, <clears throat> we, I'm pretty sure Jimmy Orman's right, but uh, Jimmy's rode him all four starts. But uh, uh, at this stage, you never know. Where he rides a lot for Chris Waller, and I think he's got probably tenfold to mine. So um, he, I understand that they've got to do the right thing. But if Jimmy doesn't ride it, we won't have trouble finding someone. There's always plenty of jockeys on that day, and uh, 
I don't think they'll be knocking. knocking. If we ring up for someone that hasn't got a ride, I don't think they wouldn't want to ride him for three and a second out of four starts. Yeah. He's exactly. got the right one on the board. Just quickly, Mashani Spud, how was his run? What did you think of his run? I was disappointed. I thought he was. Uh, I thought the filly and uh, he, he was my best chance. I had six runners yesterday, and and it just wasn't uh, the race. all day. All uh, on mark horses were uh, racing well. You had to be in the top five to to figure figure in the finish. I think, and just it, it goes like that. Some tracks, some days, it just like it's not normally like that. Um, the Gold Coast, but certainly worked out that day yesterday with a strong tailwind. So uh, Ben said that he had to hook him out a little bit earlier and. Uh, get off the back of uh, one that was coming back and he, he ended up four wide facing the breeze a lot earlier than he wanted to but in saying that he didn't sprint like like we know he can so uh, we'll just uh, have a look at him this week and we might even back him up in the in the 2200 uh, there next next week and hopefully they're, they're coming from behind but they certainly didn't come from behind yesterday no, no. Good on you mate, congratulations on yesterday Thanks David, thanks Michael there he is, Les Ross joining us. Of course, Les and Mike Crooks, a great partnership and uh, uh, resulted with a win with Mashani Royale yeah, yesterday. Well done. So they've got the set now with Spartan winning the Nugget last year. Uh, so Mashani Royale uh, beating Trifling, who was uh, pretty good there, hitting the line hard. XL Dior, plain, but I noticed in the stewards' report that um, Brody Loy and Martin Harley, Martin the writer of She's a Rogue, Brody the writer of XL Dior, um, the stewards asked any reason for their defeats, and they, they said that they probably felt the firm track yesterday. Mm. Um, as we mentioned earlier, Miss Jolene, for Kelly Sweeter, was very good finding the line. Uh, really strongly. She's a rogue, sort of got checked out of the gates too yesterday. She, she's usually a leader, and then she got bumped by another runner, uh, but didn't come on thereafter in that uh, that pool. Well, it's the two-year-olds and three-year-olds discussed. Let's go to the Rising Stars, the races later in the day. These are for three- and four-year-olds over the 1,300 metres, Class 4 level. We'll go to the Phillies and Mare section first, and Alentia, or Lentia, as I'm told it's pronounced. Yep. Uh, has a big rap on her, or had a big rap on her, and she was heavily backed. Punters were happy to take the short odds. Here's the replay. Coming up to the turn, just over 400 left to Rana. Burn starts to move on Alentia now, starts to push her along as Coco Rocks led into the straight from extra gear. Belarus sticking to the rail. Then Lana Kier, followed by Alentia out wider. Needs to get a bit of a move on now, the favourite, as Belarus shot the gap, the second favourite, to come after Coco Rocks. Down the outside, Lana Kier with a fair runner. Coco Rocks at Belarus. Lana Kier on the outside. Alentia can't win. Lana Kier certainly can. Raced up at the lead and beat home. Belarus vaccine third. Alentia fourth bubble bursting then came hell of a dancer running on ahead of very intoxicating followed by karate coco rocks that armor thuba extra gear and parisian lady last home in 114.88 lada kia given a perfect trip by craig williams came out of the gates well settled behind a really good tempo and uh, when she presented she presented in winning fashion tony gollan premier trainer trains lada kia and he's with us on the line now tony good morning yeah good morning guys Congratulations on yesterday. Of course, uh, we'll talk about spiritualised shortly. But in terms of Lada Kia, must have also been um, uh, good for you yesterday because at Eagle Farm, and, and you might know more, on face value, she looked a little disappointing. Yeah, I, I wish I did know more, to be honest. Yeah, right, I, I was disappointed. I thought she she got to the top really quick. She put her head to the side on the corner and she just didn't look the same filly. I know she went up in grey, but she didn't look the same filly even in action as what she was when she won that maiden at Durman. So, 
it was a bit of a head scratcher. I, it sort of put me back a little bit where I was going to go in the preparation. And I took her back to the jump outs on Tuesday at work between Eagle Farm and that jump out had been very good. And you could find no abnormalities anywhere. Took her back to the jump out. She was very impressive again Tuesday and, and she turned up and we probably got to see the real deal yesterday. It's Hardy, the, the, the wind was probably better than it looks. I know she was in the right position where the winners were coming from yesterday in the first few, but she never really travelled at any point, and usually that, that's not a good sign. And if they can sort of overcome that, uh, like she did, uh, they're generally pretty good horses. Yeah, I agree. I, when I was watching the race, I really thought we were really in some trouble. Um, it was obviously in a maiden. She just jumped and travelled well, and even an Eagle Farm the other day before she didn't run to expectations. She still travelled really well throughout the run. You were right yesterday. She was she was only just on the bridle and then she was the first horse off the bridle. And that's normally not a very good sign when you've gone up in grade like she did yesterday. But she fought it out really well, whether it was just because she was in behind a couple of horses and just learning that, that new sort of routine or not, I'm, I'm not sure. But she certainly finished off well. She's $15 now for the, the Guineas next Saturday. Uh... A lot can be spoken after the race, and then there's a bit of more discussion. Uh, we're now on Sunday morning. She's definitely going there. Yeah, it was always the plan. That's why we ran her in the in the Rising Stars race, and obviously it was the prize money. But it was, it was to give her the opportunity if she ran the thirteen hundred out, like I expect that she would have. Um, then we could back up in the Guineas. So as long as we have a good week with her, and we've got a nice, you know, happy, healthy, sound horse at the end of the week, she'll take her place. All right, but they ran similar times, um, David, too, yesterday. Um, the two rising star divisions um, with the other fellow spiritualised running similar time to her. Yeah, Tony, spiritualised, um, we know it's been well documented that uh, he wasn't uh, right the other day in the gold edition. Yesterday, and Michael and I were discussing earlier that it was a leaderish track and he is a leader, so Orman made a full intention early. His intention's clear to go to the front. But I like the way this horse... He was back to his old self, into his rhythm, and what I also liked was strong, strong at the end of 1,300. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, I agree, David. A lot was um, made of his run the other day, and oh, we're out of when he choked down. We could find no abnormalities with him and sort of put me back a little bit in his preparation as well, a bit similar to Lada Key when she failed at Eagle Farm. Um, I didn't really know where I was going to go next, so I did the same with him. We went back to the jump out Tuesday. It was impressive there, and... We sort of had a plan yesterday. He knew there was a bit of tempo in, in his race mm. yesterday, but we thought that we'd make our intentions pretty clear early. Um, even if we had to do that little bit more work, we were, we were quietly confident off, off how relaxed he'd been at the jump outset at home that we could get him to come back for us mid-race if we rode him that way. And thanks, thankfully, the horse responded well and, and did the job. So uh, is he likely to back up as well next week in McGuinness? Yeah, absolutely. And you, and you would have saw both horses yesterday, Matthew, when they paraded. They're, they're lovely, big, strong animals. They're not fragile horses that I, that I have to worry about that with. I, I can't see why the, the seven-day backup, you know, provided they come through the run well physically, why, yeah. um, why it would, wouldn't suit both horses, to be honest. Would that be the game plan going ahead with Spiritualize? Tony, where possible, let him roll in the, in the lead? Yeah, look, I think so. I just... I just I think he'd be fine if you had cover, um, but when he's just outside lead in the death, he just too, he's just too competitive. He just wants to race that horse inside of him too much. I think if you smothered him up with cover, that'd be fine, but he's got such a good high cruising speed. You know, where, where possible, we're happy to use it. It was nearly a triple treat with Ashgrove in the wave. We've discussed that race yeah. earlier in the program. Uh, would, could he back up at the Sub-Zero next week? 
Yeah, if he makes the field, he will for sure. You know, it's not very often these the horse, you know, look of Ashgrove's rating and, and probably ability level is going to race in a million dollar race. So if we get the opportunity, um, we'll certainly take it. I don't think, what I saw yesterday, I don't think there's any reason why he wouldn't get the 2400, particularly on the backup. Yeah. It's 2200 actually this year. 2200, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, Tony, earlier in the day, that uh, three-year-old handicap, 1,200 metres, I think a pretty good filly won that, Jun uh, Quira for John O'Shea. Your guy, Busting, was second. I thought he did a great job there yesterday, um, and he looks a real, you know, likely really good horse for the future. How did, how did you assess his run? Yeah, it's the same, actually. I, I must admit I didn't love it when James McDonald had the favourite in the position he had, and I knew it was, was going to take a pretty good effort for me to beat it. I was sort of hopeful that it would be slow out and, and back off the speed. That was the case. I, I gave myself a chance. But when it lobbed in the right spot, it was always going to be hard to beat. He raced really well. If you saw him yesterday as well, he's still quite a raw horse. He's still, he's still quite immature. I think this time next year, we'll be talking about pretty good things for busting. I think he's a, he's a really a nice future, a nice horse for the future at our stable, that's for sure. I, I really like him. He'll probably go to Dooman now in a couple of weeks for a restricted three-year-old race. Then I'll put him away and you'll just see him right at the back end of the carnival. We look at spiritualise. He was a $525,000 purchase. Lardakia, 520000 You've You've mentioned this before. I want to bring it up again that your philosophy with these good horses is you've been given a horse that is an expensive product. You have to get as much out of that horse as possible. So, so you know, going light sometimes when you could maybe go another run or two, you're always mindful of that, aren't you? Oh, absolutely. I mean, we've been, we're in a very fortunate position. We have been in the last few seasons that we've had some fantastic owners. And that was one of the good things yesterday. Though. These people really stumped up and paid up with some nice horses for me a couple of years ago at this very sale. And to be able to get back there, win those sort of races for them, we've always got an eye to the future. Spiritualise is still a cult. He's also really, I really like him. And if he could do a job at a, at a group level at some stage, who knows? Maybe the, another Jonker or, or Spirit of Boom standing start in time. So... Both horses have got big pedigrees. They cost a lot of money. They're really nice horses. But more importantly, they've got terrific owners involved in them. And it was just good to see them getting some success back yesterday. Good work. Thanks for joining us this morning. Thanks, guys. Have a great day. There is Tony Golden, a premier trainer. He's having a great season. And uh, well, we've listened to Lada Kier. Let's have a listen to Spiritualize. We'll talk about that race then. Up to the turn, 400 left to run. Spiritual Eyes guided into the bend, led the way from Resonator now, shake it up as Spiritual Eyes tries to pitch a break. Then Wealthy Investor followed by Ready for Anything. Near the inside, I am Lethal. Wider Resonator, West of Africa running on fairly well. Spiritual Eyes still in front. Wealthy Investor coming after it gamely. Still Spiritual Eyes the leader. 100 left to run. Blazing a trail for Archer Park and it's going to win. Spiritual Eyes all the way. Got over Beano, the mobster, West of Africa or wealthy investor. Data patch running on a big odds at Oakfield Triumph, followed by Resonator, then Daytona. At the head of the others was Ready for Anything, then Pentito, Prime Asset, Lucky Exchange, Charlie's Case, and RNT pulling up towards the tail in a gallop of 1.14.36. Yeah, so um, Tony's given his comments on Spiritualized, and uh, he goes to another or an extra 100 metres next week, in the, an extra 125. Yeah, we'll have to wait and see what the uh, speed map is because he's he's likely to want to go forward and he's obviously done well in the last um, all overnight. So we'll see both of T- Tony's horses in the uh, Magic Midians guineas. I thought Mobstar was very good there from last day, but sort of cut the corner, got to the outside, 
West of Africa settled midfield fence, finished off okay. Resonated disappointing. Um, you could clearly see James McDonald watching spiritualised. He obviously, you know, knew of a speed map and mm. he parked him right behind spiritualised, but he was under a lot of pressure at the top of the straight. He was on a quick seven-day backup resonator. R&T, David, never really got into it, but when you look at the replay, there were genuine excuses, I felt. He finishes 10th, beaten four lengths, but he was back wide, but did did run on okay. Yeah, and, and again, it's worth pointing out that horses who were in the second half of the field uh, faced a difficult task. When, well, not only have you got horses uh, that are controlling up front, but well-fancied horses too. Like It's not like they're, they're roughies, and spiritualized was, I think, the second favourite. Let's go to race four. I wanted to play this race and then have a chat with the winning trainer. This is the the open sprint over the 900 metres. There was a drama before the start. Princess Luna dislodged Tegan Harrison moving out onto the track. Tegan was OK. Then Princess Luna went on an escapade that was became one of the biggest stories of the day. Yes, it did. Uh, she headed to the canal, which runs beside the course, and um, I think it was um, the start of Kenny Watson and, and a few other barrier attendants sort of went down there they sort of stripped down to their undies they went into the water after her and it was um a good outcome mm. apparently she didn't have a any hair offer at all she just uh, she she rather go for a swim rather than go to the barriers if there was an adventure to be had yesterday at the gold coast she either found it or invented it she was jumping rails and going into canals and whatever anyway all's well that ended well but let's go to the race and the bopper was the well-backed favourite with James McDonald riding. Archer's Paradox over onto the rail leads La Palmier and Super Air. Remlap's Gem and Streaker, they're very wide around the turn. Then Renegade, followed by Dream Weaving Believer. The bobber about five off them. J Max starts to stoke him up. He comes beyond the centre of the track and he starts to run on powerfully. But Little Archer's Paradox below the 200 still had a handy lead from La Palmier, Super Air. The bobber down the outside. Archer's Paradox in front. The bobber is screaming home. Will he get there? No! No, 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 Archer's Paradox. Beat home the bopper, Super Air and Streaker. They're followed by Simply Fly, Bashani, Frost, the Desert Man, La Pabier stopping. Well back in the field was Stampy, and then came Remlap's Jim, Renegade, Dream Weaving, and Belieber last over the line. She was a Magic Millions purchase, you know, back, I think, in the sales of 2017 at $18,000. She's a seven-year-old mare now. That was her ninth win yesterday. And not only did she win on a, a feature race day, she broke the track record. She smashed the track record. The figures are 49.28 for the 900 metres. Now, Tornado Alley held that record at 49.66. Worth pointing out, that record's been held for nearly 15 years. So it was an established track record and broken and broken impressively. David Murphy joins us now to talk about Archer's Paradox. Murph, good morning. Congratulations. Uh, you, you must love this mare. Yeah, mate, she's a beauty. She certainly yeah, is. Did you give her a chance yesterday? I thought she was a good chance, Dave. Um, then the draw came out. I thought, oh, shit, you know. But the good thing about it was only 900. So I said to Georgie, I just let her go today because she can get a 900. You know what I mean? Like a thousand, we've always got to try and... I know that sounds stupid, but we've always got to try and hold her up a bit. Mm. But she's really, really quick. Yeah. But when, when you rev her up at the barrier, she, she pisses up, mate. She goes, you know what I mean? Even yesterday, mate, she run the corner hard, you know? Yeah, if she, if she was a greyhound, um, she'd be a certainty out of box one. 
unbeatable. Doesn't she love to rail, David? Loves the fence, uh, Max. He loves the fence, mate. Like, I ride to work every morning. I can't get off the bloody fence. It's, it's a pain in the ass, but it's a good race day if you can find it. Now, what about, uh, apart from her racing career, it's been a good racing career, season after season, but there's a story to this, Mayor, and I, I can't quite remember the details, but you nearly lost her at one stage, did you not? Yeah, mate, but uh, I had her in the paddock up there at Kildo Park there, and and uh, John Mott rang me up and said, I want to come to this Mayor's area. It was all, like, was at bloody right angles, and and, her, and she couldn't blink, and her lips were all droopy, and that, and I thought, Jesus, so... Luckily enough, uh, I, I rung Phil the gaze up and he came around and looked at her and that, and he diagnosed her pretty quick. So we got her to, to the vet and they took out a big bone that was pushing against a nerve that runs from the ear to eye to her mouth. So it's like she had a stroke. And what made it worse was then she couldn't uh, blink to clean her eye. So she got five ulcers in her eye. Mm. But then she had a surgery in her eye as well. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so it was... And funny enough... Harry, the vet up there at Westford, he come, he got the track there one day looking at another horse for someone. For Lindsay, actually, a mate of mine, Lindsay. And uh, and he spotted her. He said, that's a paradox. He said, that's her, mate. He said, I can't believe this. I said, what's that, Harry? He said, mate, no horse has ever raced after the operation she's had. That's an amazing story, um, Dave. But did, did she go? Did she go through the um, the yearling sale? Uh, were you there? Did, did Did you know about her uh, back in the day? Yeah, mate. I, I actually trained the first horse out of the mare. She was a um, a, a Dane mare or Dane Shadow mare. I can't remember, mate. She's a Dane lot anyway. Yeah. And uh, um, yeah, I trained the the first horse out of the mare. And it could go like shit, like it could really go, and it won't. It won its first, the old days, those two year old jump outs, one by about nine lengths, you know. So I put yeah. it in a paddock and it went through a fence. Mm. But then I went to buy the next one, I think it won five in a row in Sydney. All right. So is that what yeah. you like, the pedigree of this filly, or was there something else that you liked about her as a yearling? Mate, oh, to, to be truthful, mate, old young Basil was there, and I said that Basil said, You want to come look at this thing? I saw, oh, mate, I said, Oh, shit, sorry, mate. I said, she's a bit, a bit small, Basil, isn't she? And he said, oh, no, mate. He said, she's big enough. I said, do you reckon? He goes, yeah, yeah. I said, oh, shit. So I was sort of, you know, like, she's nice, but she was really little. Well, she had like 400 and something kilos, you know what I mean? Yeah, she's tiny. She's oh, she's tiny. She certainly is. Hey, now, listen, before you go, I want to get a few tips from you. This horse, you won the maiden with Mr. Galazi back uh, the end, end of last year. When will we see him next? Uh, he's in the paddock, mate, at the moment. I just have a bit of a blow because he's brand new, mate. I, I bought him out of a paddock. Mm. And, and um, he, he didn't go through sales prep or anything, mate. And he's he's a bit he's a bit behind, but he can gallop. But he's just a bit behind. So I actually had him in in the, a few races last time. In I slept with him and I was riding him that night. Thought shit, this thing's not ready to go to the races. It's just it's just too nuts, you know what I mean? I should have copped the tip from you that day when I arrived at the track. You told me he went and he was well back four dollars down to two eighty. And what about the good filly, Flaming Conquest? When, we, when are we going to see her? Mate, she was getting ready for the Aquas, um Race day, but unfortunately she had a little growth on her throat. Nothing serious, but I, I just said to the owners uh, Nicole and Brenton that, mate, let's just get her to get to the surgery, take it off, and 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 be done with it. So we laser it off, and she's back in work in uh, a couple of weeks. She's now, very late too, unfortunately. What about um, paying Barra now? He's desperate to win a race. When's that going to be, Dave? Mate, he's he's back now. He got back last week. Um, I really like him. Naturally, I really like this horse. Yeah, I've just I've just been going slow with him because 
he's, I know I'm lucky enough to have good owners that that, that trust me. You know what I mean? And yeah. he's just he's just he's a slow learner. He's a big stupid bloody thing. He's all right. He's all right. He, okay. If you're following, follow you'll be all right. And what about Genzai? He was good behind uh, the bopper at the sunny coast the other day. Yeah, he's a good also bopper, mate. I tell you. What he won the other day, I thought, Jesus, don't win anywhere. But when he went to 900, I thought he struggled there. And then you beat him yesterday. Well, he went to 900, mate. He drew 13 alley. You know, yeah, 1,000 metres at Clown is a bit different than 900 at the Gold Coast. Yeah, that's what I said. You know what I mean? Like, and when you draw the outside alley, you're going to be further back than you want to be. Anyway. If you drew an alley last night, yesterday he would have won. All's good in David Murphy world. Thanks for joining us this morning, brother. See you, mate. Bye-bye. See you later. He, he does an almighty job, doesn't he? I think he does it all himself. I always see him, you know, he's, he's got his float. The horses are on the back. It's just him in the truck, taking them to and from the track, rides them mostly himself. It's the one-man band and and successful. Just got to restrain him a bit in, yes. the, in the language department. Yes, oh, he's just, he's just he's <laughs> stepping out. He's stepping out following yesterday and entitled to because that's a great story. You see her in the mounting yard, David, and you think there's no way this will win a race anywhere. Like mm. she just, She's never going to be the pick of the yard, but she's got this massive heart and she can put those legs down like pistons. She's got a heart bigger than herself. And one thing as well from a punning point of view, she's always good odds. She's always. always good odds. Yeah, because the paddock watchers just look at her and go, well, we're not going to be tipping you today. Yeah, she can pass. hardly sort of poke her head over the stable door. She's that small. But, by gee, she can gallop. And, yeah, she took the big scalp yesterday, the bopper. Did he slightly in the market when the, the tempo um, where his positioning was going to go against him? But he ran the hot favourite at 2.30. We've got to commend him. His performance was exceptional too. I'm sure his uh, sectional times were off the charts. But let's uh, wrap up Wave Day yesterday at the Gold Coast, the Tab Wave Race Day, and go to the Maiden. Let's have a listen to Gerald Ryan and Sterling Alexio's Maiden Silent Sar win. Homeward bound in the Magic Millions made and wind shadow the inside and Silencer having a decent crack on the outside. Presently they've got a good margin from Mr Wallace who went to third. Then Dolly Bird now Belair starts to hit his straps and Shah of Gomer rushing down the outside but Silencer got the better of wind shadow. Short of 100 left to run. Belair is charging now with Shah of Gomer. Silencer in front held on. Meet Belair Shah of Gomer and Mr Wallace fourth and wind shadow Dolly Bird followed by Wild Calm Dirty Dancing then Pharaoh Magic Avery, the Lionsgate, Jackson on time, Snitcat, Wellback was out objected, Casimir out towards the tail. Have a look at the time, if you don't mind. One eight twenty six. And there was Tab Wave Race Day at the Gold Coast yesterday. We'll take a break here on Past the Post. Back to wrap it up very shortly. You're listening to Radio Tab's Past the Post with David Fowler and Michael Maxworthy. Yes, past the post brought to you by Archer Park Racing. That website, archerparkracing.com.au, is quite significant. You go to it today because if you're interested in getting a horse with Archer Park, of course, the Magic Million sales starting on Tuesday, but there is a, a section there where you can register for an expression of interest. You email chris at archerparkracing.com.au. But go to the website, read about the expression of interest. It gives you all of the detail, and you could have the next spiritualized or golden boom or hidden wealth or show me mercy show me mercy beat mashani royale easily up at the sunshine coast but unfortunately uh, i don't think when a miss might have gone shin so had to be put out so that's one we can look forward to 
Looking forward to racing today in Hong Kong. You've got any winners for us? Oh, I don't know about uh, winners haven't sort of done the form, David, but some good racing coming up later today. They've got a Group 3 down the straight, 1,000 familiar faces lining up there. But a couple of the support races, Race 8, Bonza Pearl, the former Adelaide filly. Mm. She's having a second start there. She ran fourth at her race debut. She, she's kept the same name, Bonza Pearl. She's coming up against Majestic Colour, and he's kept that name as well. He won the Winx Guineas under the name of Majestic Colour for Kelly Sweeter. Just the one start in Hong Kong for a third. So they're lining up in race eight. There is a big favourite in the race, though, that Zach's riding called Sweet Encounter, winner of four of five. And race 11, while it's only a class three... There's uh, two unbeaten horses, one called Mighty Stride. He's well-named because he's 594 kilos, massive horse. Uh, he's two from two, and he's sort of got a Glen Logan Park pedigree. He's by rich enough from a show of heart mare, so he could very well have been bred in Queensland. He's very good. A horse called Dragon's Luck against him has had two starts, two wins. And a capitalist uh, fellow called Super Capitalist, he was super winning his first start, and then roll when he went too fast as a dollar thirty favourite. So that's race eleven, the class three. Look forward to uh finding a spot somewhere and watching the Hong Kong races later today. I'm sure you'll find one. Thanks for being here this morning. Thank you, David. Have a good day. Michael Maxworthy joining us this morning on Past the Post. And most importantly, thank you for your company. Hope you enjoyed the show. Big week coming up, of course. It's Magic Millions Week as we head to the big dance on Saturday. I'll join you tomorrow morning on Press Room, all of our regular panellists and all of the latest news. Have a good day. Bye-bye.